right. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Family Business Podcast. It's Terry. It's been a little bit since we recorded. There's been so much going on. And tonight, we're going to interview, actually, Paulo of uh, Hover. And just for everybody, Paulo is a.k.a. Maz. And uh, so welcome, Maz, to the show. Hello. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing awesome. How about you? Great. All right. Maz, you own a company called Hover, correct? I do. All right. So tell everybody uh, what Hover does and uh, where it came from. Give us the Shark Tank elevator pitch. Uh, okay, so Hover is a drone services company. I do work for real estate, events, sports. I do photography, videography. I'm currently standing up my capabilities in mapping, orthomosaics, surveying for construction companies. Uh, that's definitely the more lucrative market currently. Part of the reason I started a drone business was as a kid, I spent a lot of the time working with RC aircraft, so this was kind of a understandable choice for me to get into. Um, I have a background in aerospace and like aviation with a pilot's license, um, so this is definitely something that piqued my interest. Yeah, I remember one time we were driving home from Toronto, and this was before you had started Hover, and you were kind of like saying to me like, you like designed things when you were a kid and like you kind of got into that and in, like when you were a teenager. So like what could I do that I found as a hobby when I was a kid? And you kept on coming back to like flying and like RC aircraft and all of those kind of things. And you're like, how could I make that a business? And this was the perfect way to do that. Yeah, essentially the drones was a way for me to monetize my childhood hobby. And currently, as people are probably aware, drones are an ever-increasing market, and we are going to be seeing them a lot more in our day-to-day -day life. So while I'm definitely not in the drone market right at the beginning of things, I think I'm definitely on the uh, left side of the curve. So we can see what happens with drones in the future. Oh, you're an early adopter for sure in terms of drones. I feel like a, a lot of people know just a little bit about them, but you know a lot about drones and a lot more about planes as well too, which I feel like we should talk to it. He point. knows like everything about a few things. Like what you know <laughs> things about, you know everything about. Like this man makes spreadsheets about every single type of drone and all of their capabilities and which one is best. Like when he gets passionate about something, it's like an all-in endeavor. Which is pretty incredible too because it speaks to your passion to it. Yeah, I mean, I, like I guess $2,000 for a drone obviously isn't a lot of money, but especially in a small business, I feel like $2,000 is – definitely a big capital acquisition, so I feel like I better make the right choice, so I might as well take the time and effort to decide which drone would be the best for the growth of the company. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's an investment into the business and an investment into yourself, and you're going to be doing it for an extended period of time, so you have to make sure you have the right equipment so you can make the right footage. So you've done a couple of pretty cool events and things like that, that it just seems more and more interesting every time you go out to do something. So can you share with people the kind of work that you've done? Uh, yeah, so I started with the drone photography and videography, taking wakeboarding content and started putting together some YouTube videos. And then I got hired by a racetrack outside of Hamilton, actually, to take a lot of content for them and then produce their Christmas marketing material. And which was really cool. I got to say, those videos were amazing. So you got to race race cars and then shoot video around it, correct? 
I did. So we raced Lamborghinis, Ferraris, Porsche, and Nissan GTRs. And I took a bunch of content that day. We, we were, were there, there for like seven hours. Oh, it was a long day. Yeah, <laughs> we went through. I had hundreds of gigabytes worth of footage. And then we edited that down to make about 22 videos for uh, Toronto Motorsports Park's uh, Christmas advertising. And then subsequently, I've done the Corvette Invasion in Kingston. That uh, was last weekend? That was last weekend or the weekend before. Okay. And a group of the Corvette enthusiast group, I guess, in the Kingston and southeastern Ontario area brought in about 300 Corvettes from four states and four provinces. People were from Pennsylvania, New Brunswick, and I got hired to take a bunch of footage in downtown Kingston and the surrounding area as they did their drives to be provided to the city of Kingston, the Corvette Association, and General Motors as well. That's huge. You've been in business since what, like October? Technically, yes. Yeah, you've had <laughs> some like major clients and some like really big success with it, so that's very cool. So you've also shot some insurance footage. I have. I've done some roof inspections. <laughs> that is kind of aside as well to the real estate market that I do. I do photography, videography for real estate, uh, put together videos for agents. You also shot a wedding. I did shoot a wedding. That was pretty fun, actually. It was interesting to try and get the drone in a place that keeps the noise down but also gets the product, just because obviously noise is a concern at a wedding. Yeah, and then you shot uh, or edited the video down, and we got about five-minute video with their first dance and everything in it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It yeah, was, I thought it was, it was amazing. It was fun to be a part of that. What I think is like funny about you doing the drum work is I don't think people realize like what obscure situations you have to be in to like get the right footage because they probably think that you have to just like stand in a generic place and then fly it and the drone does all the work. But literally you spent for the Corvette challenge, the majority uh, or sorry, Corvette takeover, the majority of the weekend in a ditch. Yeah, I stood on the side of the uh, side of the road in a ditch for a few hours to take this content because you kind of need to be hidden out of the shot, but you also need to be able to have eyes on the drone. So I was essentially sitting in the ditch for a few hours. He also went in one of the most mosquito-infested places that I've ever seen in my entire life to do some real estate footage for me, and I was... So proud because I did the listing presentation from the inside of the car because I'm such a baby, but there was literally a swarm of mosquitoes, and I'm not kidding. It was a wall Maz can vouch for me. It was terrible, and he stood out in this. It was like a 30-acre property or something like that for an hour while the lady and I did a listing presentation in a car. So thanks again for that. You You're need welcome. to start charging hazard pay. I think I did pay him hazard pay for <laughs> yeah. that one. I'm pretty sure I said, hey, I'll pay. throw you a couple extra bucks for to buy some uh, mosquito bug yeah, that's treatment after this idea. one. Um, well, we <laughs> talked about, like, you have, like, your bag for your, like, shoots and stuff, and it now has mosquito spray in it because That's of good. you. Yeah, definitely after that I knew I needed to bring mosquito spray all the time. I have a question, Maz. <laughs> yes. What is one thing that I think the general public who doesn't know that much about drones get wrong about the, the drone business or maybe just, I'm going to leave that open-ended in, in general. 
Currently, I think the general public looks at drones as a toy and they don't necessarily realize that drones share airspace with manned aviation. And that poses a very real threat and hazard to the safety of the public. Um, so if you're flying drones, you need to make sure that you are licensed because an incident with a drone is held in the same regard as a manned aviation incident, and there could be some very real repercussions to something going wrong with a drone. I actually didn't know that until I started talking and listening more to you talk about that stuff. I thought you just threw it up in the air. I didn't realize that there was all those important elements in just thinking like most people do, you put it up in the air and then listening to you and realizing how serious it is, what the licensing requirements are, how important it is that you not interfere with other things in the air is actually been quite eye-opening and certainly made me respect the drones and the people who man them correctly so much more. Yeah, especially once you get into the heavier drones, um, law in a lot of the Western world is anything above 250 grams requires a license. Um, and that's essentially just because the mass of that drone poses a very real threat to aircraft. So, I mean, as everyone obviously knows from past events, um, bird strikes are a very real threat. And with the amount of drones that are going up in the air in today's age, um, a drone is essentially an extra heavy bird. <laughs> and this is going to get a little graphic, but a drone's not going to go through an engine the way a bird does especially with the batteries on these drones and the metal systems and all the computers, there's definitely a risk for a fire. And that same threat goes through whatever structure on an aircraft that gets impacted from a drone, you're probably going to do a lot more damage than just a bird. So the moral of that I'm hearing is if you need drone work, you should hire a professional. Definitely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so is there requirements to have a drone go in the air? Like is there restricted airspace, non-restricted airspace? What's What's all the different things? I keep hearing about flight plans and things you have to do. Let's talk a little bit about that. That's I know it's a little technical, but I think that's important as well. Uh, yes, so there's definitely restricted airspace, both for drones and manned aviation. Um, for example, one area that is restricted are over prisons. Um, there's a lot of challenges that uh, prisons have now because people fly drones into the prisons to deliver things. I saw some of the pictures of that this week, and that's pretty frightening. Yes. Oh, so I didn't even think of that. Prison that's guards wild. will shoot drones down with shotguns, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, another significant restricted airspace is around airports. Now, if you have an advanced license, you can circumvent these restrictions, some of them, Specifically around airports, you can get in contact with air traffic control and you could fly a drone in a similar way as you could fly manned aircraft in and around an airport. Obviously, you need the communications to keep safe flying uh, around airports so that, yeah, an airport is a high-risk area, so you need to have all the comms and all the permissions to fly a drone in a certain airspace that you would need to for a regular aircraft. How high do drones actually go? So how high can you put a drone in the air? Legally, 400 feet. No, no. Just how high would a drone, can a drone go? Could it go 2,000 feet, 2,500 feet? Um, physically, a lot of consumer-grade drones 
you can take off at about 4,000 meters, which means you could take off at 4,000 meters elevation, which means the drone itself is physically capable of flying to 4,000 meters, about 12,000 feet. Wow, that's incredible. And obviously, once you get up to that altitude, you are flying in fully controlled airspace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, would that register, would a drone register on air traffic control, even though it's a very small object? Some of them would. Some of the smaller ones, no. You are essentially, in the same way that a radar would pick up a bird, some drones have the same radar cross-section as a bird. So it would be hard to tell whether or not you're looking at a bird or a drone if you could see it. That being said, due to the frequency of drones interdicting in controlled airspace, systems are being created to identify, track these drones, who they're owned by. So recently, in within the past year, I believe, the Ottawa Airport has implemented a system to track drones because they've found that there are hundreds of drones being illegally flown in restricted airspace around the Ottawa Airport. They shouldn't do that. No. And if something's uh, illegal, they shouldn't do it. Maz, how do you know so much about airspace? Rhetorical question. Because I have a pilot's license. Yes, <laughs> you do have a pilot's license. <laughs> have you seen Top Gun yet? I definitely have seen Top Gun. He what? hasn't shaved his beard off and made it a mustache, <laughs> but I don't think it's very long until it happens. What are your thoughts on Top Gun overall? For like, if you could give like a 10 second review. If you look at it as a movie, I really like the movie. If you look at it a little closer, there's definitely some plot holes that I think of, but I really like the movie. No one was watching the plot (laughs) holes. Everyone was watching Tom Cruise and the young gentleman, Miles Teller, on the beach scene. That's all. Not I. I was was looking at the mission. I was like, yeah, some of this doesn't make sense. It's basically a Star Wars plot. He wouldn't be flying this. Yeah. It was a good, fun movie. All right. I love that. Give me your biggest issue with the movie. Uh, I think the biggest issue I had with the movie was essentially the way the mission was planned. Obviously, the U.S. Navy had now has access to the F-35. You're not going to show that for a two-hour runtime on a movie. It's not going to be as exciting as getting to dogfight in an F-18, so they wanted a reason to go with the F-18s. But realistically, they put in some things into the movie that took out the F-35 as a viable option. They went with the F-18. That made them have to do a Star Wars-esque trench run. And in a real combat scenario, they probably would have done that mission quite differently. But it's a movie that's two hours, and it needs to be fun and exciting. So I like what they did. So you're basically saying that they ripped off Star Wars in order to make the plot of the movie work. What's funny is I didn't realize that until I watched a review of the movie afterwards and I then realized that yes, that yeah, ending I, trench run is like literally beat by beat it, the same thing as Star, Star Wars. Yeah, 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 it was the Death Star for yeah. sure. I think they could have extended the beach scene a little bit longer. It was pretty short. <laughs> I agree. But at the end, when they were like going over and he was trying to drop that bomb, I'm surprised Goose didn't come and say use the Force Rooster. Like, <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, I remember leaving the like the movie theater being like. We should become fighter pilots. Like I feel like a lot of people left that. It was a great movie. De- it was definitely marketing it material for the great U.S. Commercial. Navy. Oh, oh yeah. the Top Gun is a marketing for the U.S. Navy. 
Yeah, absolutely. They it did was a good in job. the 80s, too. Yeah, that it is what Top Gun is about. propaganda for yeah. becoming a part of the Marine or Navy. Yep. Wow, it sounds like you know an awful lot about combat missions and things like that, too. Isn't there something else that you do that you should be pretty proud of? Uh, yeah, so I've had a pretty avid interest in military aviation since I was about six. And the life dream is definitely being a combat pilot in the military. Are you in the military? I am in the military. Right. I'm That's where I was trying to get to. I'm We're trying to get to know Maz <laughs> on this episode. <laughs> I'm in the infantry reserves. I joined the reserves while I was taking my degree. Um, I'm done my degree. And I'm now trying to component transfer into the regular forces Air Force. So we do a lot of ridiculous Doherty things. What's the most ridiculous and fun thing you remember that we've done since you've been part of this family? You guys have done a lot. And I... There's too many things to remember. <laughs> I think the concept of just driving straight to your objective, I actually really like. Um, so just get in a car and go. Don't worry about the stops. Just swap drivers on the fly. Get there. I know that a lot of people would be like, no, we need to get a hotel, and we need to get a hotel each night. And we're just like, yeah, no, let's just yeah, get there. Yeah, so crazy Doherty road trip. Yeah, I remember... Our friends had said, oh, you guys should go to Disney. And two hours later, on a Monday night at 10 o'clock, we got in a car and drove to Disneyland. Because we heard later. an Aerosmith song. Yes. Imagine if that song never came on. We heard an Aerosmith song. Smad said she wanted to go on Rock and Roller Coaster. So two hours later, we got in a car and drove to Florida for two <laughs> days and then drove back. So, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a Doherty thing. <laughs> Definitely a Doherty thing. About two weeks before the pandemic. Yes. Yeah, we really timing. slid in on that yeah. one. That was perfect. I vividly remember not being invited, which okay. was a blast. You were invited. You were. Okay. And well, you didn't want to come because you had to study for your exams, which then got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm, I'm mad. Yeah. yeah. So that's on you. <laughs> but here, I, I do actually like in the last little bit, you've really come out of your shell because when you first uh, started coming around, you were super quiet and didn't say anything. And now you and Smad never shut up, actually. You yeah, nonstop talk. Yeah. It's, it's so true. And it's funny because I used to say, man, he doesn't talk. And Smad would go, oh, he talks when you guys aren't around. Well, it's and hard now, to get a word now, in. Think about the people he's hanging now, out with. And now you never stop talking, which is funny. And, I, and it's not a bad thing. I, I love the fact that you're now comfortable enough to just hang out and talk with us. Um, but I also like the fact that you've taken up wakeboarding. And uh, that's been a lot of fun to watch you guys. You're, uh, like, really good. Oh, you're, <laughs> you're pretty solid. You're, like, really good. I love today when we recreated the scene from Top Gun and just all danced to that song in the boat. That <laughs> was super fun. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, the, the song, I forget what it's called. It's by One Republic. I am worried. Uh, yeah, it's the song that's playing when, when Miles Teller and the boys are dancing. And I just made everybody take their shirts off and... Hold on. It's <laughs> not just exactly. You and Matt. Exactly. <laughs> you and Matt <laughs> took your shirts off. And, and just <laughs> danced in sunglasses while everybody... It was great. It while was, while the, boat the boat was going. My dad was driving the boat and stood up to dance. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good time. Times. Yeah, it was fun. Sometimes so anyway, you got to do that. I just want to say it's been a lot of fun having you here and uh, getting to know you much better. And the drone business is going to take off and be a huge success. No man. pun intended. <laughs> well, it is going to take off and be a huge success. So it's really cool. I have one final question for Maz. Okay. What do you think the biggest thing you've learned about business in the past year in a bit since you've been working on Hover? Can I sub in on this? <laughs> One of my biggest pieces of advice to him 
through this process. Maz is 100% a perfectionist and very attention to detail. Like, and I think a lot of that comes from the military is like needing to know every single step before it even is done. Is I always tell him that done is better than perfect. So he will revise his website a thousand times and be like, I don't know if this is the right photo. And I'm like, it j- just put something up. Like just post it. And where do you think you heard that? probably somewhere probably around here someone like me saying done is better than perfect yeah i'm not saying that that's an original thought i'm just saying that is something that i communicate to maz all the time because he is a perfectionist i mean b minus work that happens is better than a plus work than does it booyah and i say that to my teacher every single time i get that's a very good saying (laughs) (laughs) okay i said for four years d minus work that happens is better than a plus work that doesn't I feel like I've learned a ton about business. I grew up in a military family, so the business aspect of things, I never really learned about business itself. I learned about the military and politics and geopolitics and conflict, and that was really what I grew up with. So I didn't really have a proper concept of how businesses work until I... Came, Just in, governments. came into this family. I, yeah, I knew a lot about how governments work, but I didn't know really much about how business worked. Well, you've caught the entrepreneurship spirit. That's fair. Yes. Good Watch thing out. I took if those you entrepreneurship live here, You classes. have to have a business. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. All right, so let's wrap things up for tonight. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. And until next time, everybody be safe. <laughs>